the stream? I don't think it will. Oh, yeah, it does. Okay, cool. Okay, it did change. If you refresh the change. All right, boys. I know it's kind of a weird episode, but we're going to roll straight into it. Take a look at this intro. What is going on, guys? It is your boy, Tiki. I want you to hear back again with another video, and I'm on the wrong screen. I should be on this one, pal. So, funny story. Uh, Christian, the boy... Let me just... I'm going to replace this with... I'm going to replace Christian's face with, uh, with a picture of him in a little bit here. If you're watching VOD, let me just find that real quick while we roll this clip. But, um, so... It is your boy, episode 51, and Christian cannot be here, but he wanted me to roll this video for you all. So we're going to watch the video. This is his impressions on Creature in the Well. We're going to start with this, and uh, you know, Christian will explain why he is not here currently, uh, unfortunately. And uh, but but we are we are we are we are going to definitely be talking about some stuff as well. Uh, that, is, that is really good. But I say, hey, let's just start off with Christian's opinions and thoughts. On creature in the well, while I fix this image over here on the, on this side, and we'll go into zoom on the top. Oh my God, who is calling me? Stop, stop. Now is now is not the time. All right, let's get right into it. Hey everyone, sorry I can't be there today. I am nursing a one under one degree fever. I have the flu, I believe, but I did want to give a quick shout out to a game I've been playing over the weekend really enjoying it and that's creature in the well before i dive too deep into it uh, we did receive the code from pop agenda uh, big thank you to them and the developers of flight school that created a creature in the well uh, I, i'm really enjoying this and it's funny because when creature in the well debuted i was kind of i thought the art style looked cool but i thought i'd pass on it but i think around e3 or one of the mid-year nintendo directs Creature really stood out to me, and ever since then I've just been waiting and waiting for it to release, and it finally did. And I am about 8 or so hours in the game, I think the in-game clock is not accurate of my time because I left my Switch in sleep mode, but my in-game clock, I guess, keeps running. So uh, if I had to guess, I'd say I'm between 6 to 8 hours in so far. I have one dungeon to go, and then I unlock the final gauntlet to uh, complete the story of the game, but Creature in the Well is engaging because it's very tight. It feels good to play, it feels exciting to explore each corridor of these dungeons and learn more about the lore of this world. The whole time you're playing as an engineer that used to work for the machine inside the well in the mountain, which was overtaken by the creature, you are the last surviving one, you wake up suddenly and you go along with what you're programmed to do. You go to fix and maintain the machine by restarting all the modules inside, and uh, it's been a blast. My one negative, I would say, with the entire game is that some of the ideas get a bit repetitive. There are a lot of rooms where it just comes down to knock down all the nodes, power up these nodes, unlock the door. And while it does get repetitive, the thing I like about it is that you're constantly earning energy points by uh, using your uh, one of your two weapons to charge up these energy balls to interact with each dungeon room 
It's cool because every time you do that, you get a currency that you can use to either upgrade yourself as a bot C or open doors. So far out of all the dungeons I've completed, I've been able to 100% complete all the rooms in there. And I'm most likely gonna 100% the game because I'm, it's just a blast to go through each room and see what little secrets, what little twists on their puzzle mechanics in Creature in the Well. I really can't say enough good things about the art style of this game. I know it's a Mike Magnola inspired, which if you're not familiar, he's the creator and illustrator of Hellboy. It just looks like a very well realized oil painting and it's beautiful. The, there is very little soundtrack, but when the soundtrack does kick in, it's exciting. And most of the time, those are in the boss room encounters. And the boss rooms are really where I'm experiencing most of the challenge from Creature in the Well. There was one specific room where I got stuck for a while because there was the addition of timers and stun uh, modules that could rotate and move and if you hit them, send out an AoE attack that would destroy you. So that was tough, but the boss rooms employ a lot of these things. They stack a lot of obstacles. There's several layers to them where you uh, have to proceed back up the well after being dragged down on a platform by the creature but i really am having a blast with it it's a very very solid game i would love to see them make a sequel to this really flesh out some new ideas with the mechanics they have in there maybe expand upon what there already is because it's very fun it's the best pinball game i've played in my entire life probably and i'm really enjoying it so uh, thank you all for checking out the episode. Uh, I hope you pick up Creature in the Well. If you have any more questions, you can directly contact me at my Twitter at Chris and Buckley. I'll answer questions, but uh, let me know if you pick the game up because I'm having a blast with it and it's tidying me over uh, until the fall really kicks in a year. So with that being said, I'm going to throw it back to Kevin and uh, thanks for covering me this episode, dude. I appreciate it. Greatness awaits. So, boom, that was a... I'll go back to the main screen. So that... Oh, let's, let's play the intro again. Let's not do that again, sorry. But that was, of course, Christian Buckley's take. Uh, actually, no, I'm going back to... I'm, I'm going to keep on this one for the episode, okay? I'm going to keep on this scene. I swear I got it. I'm not going to shift anyway. But that was uh, Christian Buckley's thoughts. Of course, Christian Buckley on Creature in the Well. This will be going live on PlayStation Source at... A undisclosed time, maybe after this podcast, I believe, but it'll be its own VOD, so you can leave a like on it. And uh, definitely let uh, us know in the comment section below what do you guys think about Creatures in the Well. If you played it, are you going to play it? This is definitely on my list now after, after uh, talking to Christian about uh, the game and everything. And I've heard a few people give some takes on the game. They seem to like it, so it seems like I would like it too. I had someone tell me... Um, and again, I have not played the game. And of course, just to be, you know, straight up, just reiterate the thing that Christian said as well uh, in this video. That's, uh, ow, that. <laughs> um, this was uh, given to us by Pop Agenda, of course. So they offered us the code. So we gave our thoughts and opinions uh, without dropping a dollar on the game. Just letting you all know that, just being upfront. Uh, we were provided a code to play Creature in the Well. Wasn't me, it was Christian. We only got one code, so I gave it to Christian. And uh, he definitely sounded like he enjoyed it. And uh, this video will be going live here in a little bit here on PlayStation Source. So make sure to go check out that if uh, you deem so worthy. Now, with that out of the way, we do have a few gaming topics. We're going to talk a little bit about my thoughts on Man of Madon, my thoughts on Erica, as well as my thoughts on Control. But 
we had breaking news here. Now, of course, if you guys are not well aware of PlayStation Source, we do have a little podcast we do weekly called Road to Part 2, of course, with my good friend, the Starks. And uh, we will I we will definitely talk about this whole breaking news here at a future episode. And, of course, we will talk about... Um, uh, you know what what could be shown here we will of course cover this whole thing in its whole entirety but we had Jeff Keeley here giving the good news ladies and gentlemen after a long time of, we haven't heard we haven't seen anything new of Lapsus part 2 since E3 2018 it has been a year and what is it uh June July like a, a year and 3 months essentially but we finally have confirmation. We receive here the ads and merchants are crazy. We got Owen over here wilding out. You know, we have Neil Druckmann making a joke about how, hey, you know, as as Jeff Keighley is in Death Stranding, he could be in Last of Us Part 2. But, uh, guys, it's happening. It's happening. What does Colin say? Sony PR doesn't invite us any. Oh, no, that's better. Okay. That, that's just him talking about uh, his own sacred symbol stuff. But... It is happening, ladies and gentlemen. We are hearing more about uh, Last of Us Part 2 on September 24th. And what's crazy is, is that I'm looking at Discord, right? I do not think I do not think that my co-host for, for Roads of Part 2, the Starks, I don't think he has seen this news yet. So I cannot wait to see how he reacts. But it is happening. We will, of course, be covering it on the channel and all that good stuff. Of course, we will be covering this. And um, I cannot wait, right? Last of Us Part 2... It is some. It is still my most anticipated game as of right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there is no. You can say whatever you want about Cyberpunk. You can say whatever you want about the proposed Horizon Two uh, that is coming out eventually in the future, which of course is coming out. We can talk about the God of War sequel, where it's called God of War. You know, God of War Ragnarok or whatever, something like that. But. I am most hyped about Last of Us Part 2. I cannot wait for, of course, the story as well as the factions. And, of course, we have talked about it endlessly on uh, the Road to Part 2 series that we do on the channel. So make sure to go check out that as well. But this is happening breaking news here. And we have another thing going on here. So I'm going to try to open this real quick. It's going to look a little bit ugly here, so bear with me real quick. I'm just going to do a little this and then bring this to our attention here. So you can see here, ladies and gentlemen, we have... Insider Z, why is it cut off? It's cut off on the OBS, weird. So, it doesn't matter. We have Z Huge X. Of course, he is uh, a big analyst in the industry. Of course, he uh, tends to know a lot of things about a lot of things pretty early as opposed to everyone else, right? But he is here, and eight minutes ago, he said that, well, not eight minutes ago, eight minutes ago that, that this was this screenshot was taken, but... This isn't the only Sony event that week, apparently. So there's going to be more. Apparently, if he is right, and usually the boy tends to be right about these things. You know what I'm saying? Um, We have a lot more in store in terms of Sony and events that week. That is not including the, of course, Last of Us Part 2 event that they are having as well. So it's happening in Los Angeles. Please RSVP with your PR contact. Obviously, I would love to go. I'm sure if I check my email, I do not think I got invited, but I would love to go nonetheless. But uh, it is insane. It is crazy, guys. We are going to see what's going down. Of course, check out Road to Part 2. We will be covering that all in its glory um, about all that needs to be said about it because uh, it is going to be good. I can't wait. And I know the audience as well, as everyone pretty much on Twitter, is definitely hell-bent on knowing what is going on with this game. The people want to know. 
the people want to know what's going on. We have Omar here in the chat saying something about PS5. I don't. Oh. Oh, wait. You guys in the chat saying part two, right? Are you, I mean, not part two, saying saying PS5. Are you saying that this other Sony event could be about PS5? Huh. That's interesting. That is very, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And Christian Buckley, you, you are right. I'm pretty sure we do have the biggest Last of Us podcast on the internet. Probably, probably not. But nonetheless, man, I don't see it happening this soon. I don't see a PS5 event because, I mean, again, this is not this is not the main topic of the episode. We have other games to talk about. But um, my opinion has been, all right, I believe they're going to unveil the PS5 similar to a form factor where they did the PS4, where they had a PlayStation meeting conference on February 20th, 2013. And they detailed the features and the innards of the PS4, how they made a big deal about how it was going away from the cell processor and going to a more uh, regular PC architecture so that it makes development easier because we all know that PS3 had a lot of issues with uh, game devs because it had a weird processor that, that worked with it and stuff like that. But that was just my thought. Like I'm just thinking, okay, like they're probably going to do the similar a similar way of unveiling PS5 like, like, they, did, like they did with PS4. Because, of course, we got that PlayStation meeting in 2013 in February. And then we got the look at the physical console at E3 that year, right? And so, I mean, I guess it's not out of the... the I guess it's not out of the... I mean, yeah, Christian says it could be an RCA play. I can see it definitely being an RCA play, 100%. I can see that being an RCA play. Um, but I just don't know if they'll talk about PS5 this soon, guys. Like, I mean, we got a lot of info on that Wired.com interview that came out may i believe or june something like that i think it was may so we know a lot about the ps5 we know that it's going to be running ssd we know it's going to be supporting ray tracing we know it's going to be supporting ak video output not ak gaming but ak video output so you can you know if there's a movie that comes out in ak you can watch it there um and it's the specific hdmi as well that's changed on that that's pointing to that uh we know we 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 seem to know a lot about the PS5 already, right? So I feel like I feel like that was kind of their dosage to us involving anything PS5 this year, but maybe I don't know. Now, I do like the idea of a state of play. I think a state of play is the way to go. I think I think I think that's a good idea. I think I think that is a better guess to have. But I see Starks has finally liked the tweet. He is freaking out, I'm assuming. But let me know what you guys think, guys. What do you guys think this other event's going to be? What do you guys think about The Last of Us news, about this other event? Let me know your thoughts. And, of course, keep it locked here on PlayStation Shorts and Movie. And we, of course, will be uh, be here. And we will be reacting and giving you all the info that you guys need to know. Uh, we have a live uh, update from Starks. He says, I am panicking. He is indeed panicking, my friend. We have a lot to talk about involving that, but uh, uh, let's move on to. And, and, and of course, if you're new here, this is of course. Let me let me go to the main thing. It's going to, it's going to go to the intro. But oh no, it didn't. Okay, cool. All right. So this is of course Cross Circle, our weekly PlayStation Source podcast where we go over any and all things PlayStation. And I wanted to discuss a few games that 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 we not we but that I played. Uh, over the past few weeks, right? So these are going to be... I'm probably going to start with Erica. Then I'll go with Man of Madan. Then I'll go with Control. You know what I'm saying? Um, but 
let's start with Erica, right? So Erica was announced a few a few years ago. It was it was supposed to be a PlayLink game. So it's supposed to be one of those games where you can play on your phone and uh, you mainly had the control functionality on your phone and it was on TV and you can do all that type of stuff with it. And the most prominent feature of this game, the most thing to write home about, is that it is live action. So all the choices and the whole entire game is done with live action actors. And um, it's it's very cool because I know when they uh, again talked about this game and they first sh- uh, and they and they did a shadow drop was at Gamescom this year. And they talked a lot about how it was very difficult to film and stuff like that, and very difficult to produce overall. And so, uh, you know, it was it was it was definitely a feat that they had to overcome, and they definitely did in the final build. And and, and um, overall, it's a pretty cool experience. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll say at the end of the day, uh, it's a pretty cool experience. And again, it's only ten dollars. I don't think I said that, but it is ten dollars. So not a lot of investment you can have there. I completed it, and I think on stream on this channel, I think in about an hour and a half or two hours. So it was relatively short, you know. Uh, the story was very, very weird, very, very cryptic, very um, much, much of a weird type of story vibe that I got with Control, where they're posing a lot of questions and not really giving you a lot of answers or as to why uh, this is like that and stuff like that. So you know, very interesting overall, but um, I would give it a soft recommendation. You know what I'm saying? And the way they were talking at Gamescom with the different actors on stage, I know they were very genuine. They definitely uh, were proud of, of the work they did here. And I'm not saying that Erica's bad. It's just a very, like, you know, it's just a very much of a passable experience, right? Like, it was not my favorite narrative game I played here. Definitely Man of Madon, uh, I enjoyed it a little bit more than Erica. But I'll say, hey, you know, if you got $10 to spare and you want... A cool little neat thing, um, you know, to just experience, feel free, right? And I feel like this could be some sort of, like, a thermometer, right? Hear me out, guys. Like, you know, we knew that PlayStation started their PlayStation Productions initiative earlier this year where they're going to start making um, different uh, types of TV shows or movies dependent on PlayStation IP. And so we know that the first one, I believe, is confirmed or rumored that the Uncharted movie will be kind of helmed by by PlayStation Productions. Uh, I think that's confirmed. I'm not sure. Let me know in the chat. I'm not really 100% sure. But um, I could definitely see PlayStation, PlayStation Productions working on something like this, right? Like like making other narratives that kind of lend itself to the same format as Erica. You know, like maybe we – excuse me. Um, like it's done through the phone because you can – Play Erica through the phone as well, but it's via a specific app. It's not um, PlayLink specific and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I I think maybe this is what they're gauging. Like, maybe perhaps like they might want to do another one of these and try it out. But overall, you know, I thought Erica was, was pretty interesting. You know, I didn't love the way my ending turned out. I didn't love the way certain you know, like certain, certain things turned out. Um, and it just felt like a very – it felt just like – a concept you know it felt definitely like a demo like hey like let's just try this out you know it definitely wasn't really as fleshed out as i thought it was going to be but um oh well of course we have the conversation of twisted metal being on playstation production so shout out to christian for uh pointing that out to me but overall you know erica is pretty cool if you have a ten dollars to spare feel free to go check it out if you like those narrative experiences i think it's worth it for ten dollars 
pretty cool. But don't go rushing to play. You you don't need to rush to play it. But what you probably should rush to play in somewhat of the same form factor is Man of Madon, of course, by Supermassive Games. They um, developed Until Dawn, of course, which Until Dawn I didn't love. I liked. Didn't really love. I know I've said in the past, like, I think it's trash. I don't think it's trash in hindsight. You know? I just I just don't think... It was some crazy like holy grail type deal uh, that 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 like some make it out to be, you know. And, and again, maybe it's their opinion, you know what I'm saying. But um, it just wasn't really my favorite game, or wasn't my cup of tea at all, per se. But um, Man of Badan is the is the next iteration of Super Massive Games. It's a part of the Dark Pictures anthology where they're going to have uh, five, I believe, different chapters come out. And they are all separate from each other. The only thing that's consistent is the narrator. I forgot his name. Um, the curator, I think, is what it's called in the game. So he uh, is the one that, you know, is kind of giving you hints, hints and stuff like that. And definitely, uh, you know, kind of guides you narratively through the story and everything. So, And you, like, always come back to him after the end of a certain section. And he's like, hey, so you made some interesting choices. You know, da-da-da. Like, and, and they ask you, well, not they, but he asks you specifically, like, do you want a hint? I never took a hint, but I wonder if you would take the hint. Like, I wonder what, how my story could have unfolded. But again, Man of Madon uh, features these uh, these college kids, and they're going on some sort of boating trip. And there is a brother and sister combo, where they're both pretty wealthy. And there's uh, two African Americans that are brothers, and the older brother is dating the sister out of the siblings that are rich. And then we have the boat, uh, the boat. I'm, I'm forgetting all these names. Wow. Uh, we have again the captain of the ship because they go out to go, you know, look at some stuff in the ocean and hang out, whatever. Uh, we have her as well, and it is essentially just they go into a ghost ship <laughs> through means that I don't want to say all the details about and you know, kind of spoil it for you all. But overall, like I kind of thought that. The best aspect of Minimadon was the characters. Like I loved being on the boat, and I loved having conversation, and I loved kind of like, uh, you know, seeing the different threads that I could do and stuff like that. And I did not get to, and I did not get the chance to play it co-op or play it with another person. Did not get the chance to do that, unfortunately. Um, I know a lot of people were praising that aspect of the game uh, because you could, because each of the two different players, as far as I understand can experience different conversations that coincide with each other but they're happening in two different places and so it's it's the same like they're both having their conversations at the same time but they both relate to each other but you don't know what the other person said and so that i hear was pretty cool overall and probably like the best feature of man of Madon. but um i just never got a chance to fully explore that i didn't get a chance to play co-op but overall i thought man of Madon was pretty cool you know what i'm saying i liked it a lot more than erica and i guess it's biggest fault i feel like is kind of like the horror because like i remember some pretty good scares in until dawn where like it was some pretty cool and smart scares that like actually got me you know and i was playing you know in my room on my bed with the lights dimmed you know getting that kind of spooky ambiance and uh i wasn't ever you know scared at one point and it seems like all the times that did you try movie night mode or is that the multiple people mode? Um, hmm. I did not try movie night mode. Did not try that. I just played it 
the vanilla solo experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just went through it like that. Um, and I just found, like, the the parts in the game where they were trying to do a jump scare to, see, to just be, like, very just watered down and super cliche and not really impactful at all. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's just me. Um, but I felt like they were trying to make a horror type deal like what they did with Until Dawn. But that was kind of the winkest link, you know, because honestly, I feel like they made really interesting characters that I really wanted to, you know, talk talk to a little bit more to, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm like, man, like, it's, I kind of want to know more about these characters and I kind of want them to be in, uh, you know, the next episode or future episode and they won't be, you know. But overall, you know, I thought it was all right. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It is 30 bucks. Now, here's something that I think I have an issue with, right? As far as I'm aware, uh, they they also announced the next episode of the anthology series. It's called something Hope or like Night Hope, something something like that, right? But I believe you have to buy that separately as well. So it's not like when you buy uh, Life is Strange, for example, right? You like pay that upfront thirty dollars. And all the chapters just come to you for free. Like, you can buy a bundle of them and just purchase them all up front. And then they slowly come and trickle down when they're ready. I don't think that's the case with this game. I believe you have to buy them all separately. And they're $30. So, obviously, that's going to be $150 if you buy all of them, you know. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't know that the, I don't know if that's true. But Little Hope, thank you. Yeah, so that's the next uh, anthology series. Uh, in dark pictures, but I'm pretty sure that's correct, and I don't know how I feel about that honestly. Like, like I enjoyed Man of Madon, and I think overall I'm going to definitely buy Little Hope and play through it just because overall I had a positive experience with Man of Madon. Um, but I don't know if I'll actually buy the. I don't, you know, like it, it's a tough ask. You know, to have someone, um, you know, to to. Um, to 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 buy each chapter for thirty dollars, it's like eh, you know it's kind of pricey, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I, I I'm likely going to buy Low Hope overall because I do want to see you know how the curator uh, you know evolves with me, and he is the only thing that's kind of going to be persistent throughout the whole anthology series and stuff like that. So I'm definitely intrigued to see how he goes out and how maybe like. You know, he'll have different things to say based off how I did with the first episode. Maybe they read into the same saves and stuff like that on your PS4. Maybe it does something like that. But um, I just don't know about that price point. I just – I wish it was a bundle because I would love to just buy them all. You know, even if it was like 60 bucks. hey, cool. Like I would rather just have them all, you know, than pay $30 separately each time. But I guess we'll have to see. So overall, maybe it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it overall. Um, but definitely, definitely – uh, a pretty a pretty good evolution, I feel, to Until Dawn because at least to me – now, there's something that I forgot to bring up, right? Now, to me, right, I don't know if this is true because I've had people say that they felt that Man of Madon looked worse than Until Dawn. But to me, I felt like it looked and ran way better than, than Until Dawn, right? I, and just to preface, I did play Until Dawn – excuse me – on a base PS4. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe uh, it was chugging. Like, cause I remember 
Until Dawn being a super laggy experience, super sluggish, not the most refined game in terms of performance in the world. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely, uh, you know, didn't feel like I didn't really feel like it ran that well, you know, but I felt that Man of Adon definitely ran a lot better, in my opinion. Um, and, it, and it looked better, too. Like, like, like there are some textures in Man of Adon that look incredible, you know what I'm saying? And, like, the skyboxes when you're on the ship look really, really good. Um, and there is the common – there is – now, hmm. I'm trying to remember if this – no, okay, so it wasn't like this – I think it's super massive games only where like the way you're controlling your character I don't know why it just does not it does not vibe with me. I like I like get stupid when I'm trying to like move my character around uh in a environment of a game like that it just throws me off. You know what I'm saying? And I remember Until Dawn having that issue. Mamadon definitely does have the issue at least for me. Right, this could be just a me thing. Maybe I'm just that dumb, perhaps. But um, I don't have this issue with Life is Strange. I don't have the issue with Detroit. I never had the issue, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I feel like almost, it's almost like there's a big, like maybe three quarters of a second long gap of reaction to when you move your thumbstick to when the character actually moves. You know, like I felt like that was definitely happening. In Man of Madonna, and it made it feel like very sluggish, and I felt very slow in a way. It felt just very odd to me, so just keep that in mind. But overall, I definitely recommend Man of Madonna more than Erica. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like Man of Madonna is it was a good experience overall. Like it was a very very good experience. I liked it. You know, if you're deciding between Erica or Man of Madonna to play a more narrative, uh, you know, choice based game, definitely play definitely play Man of Madonna. But overall, that was pretty cool. Now. Let's get into the meat of this episode. I'm playing a little game called Control. Now, if you recall, whenever we would talk about Control on the podcast, I definitely was someone that was like, eh, it doesn't look like it'll be for me. I'm not going to play it. Ah, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I was definitely just more like, okay, yeah, like, like it looks cool. Christian said he was going to play it, so I'll just let him play it. Let him, and then let me know how I feel about it. But I graciously got the opportunity to play it because my coworker was like, hey, I have it physically. I beat it. I'm done with the game. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Dude. Like, I'll take it. I'll take it off your hand. So I got the physical copy of Control. You got to love it. A nice little box art. You got to love it. And um, this is my first Remedy game. I do not have – I've never owned the Xbox console my entire life. I never played the Max Payne's that they that that they developed. I never played Alan Wake. I never played uh, Quantum Break as well. So I, I'm just going in with a clean slate here on on Remedy and how they make games and stuff like that. I'm very much blind. And I also and I also made a video on this channel, which you can go look at right now. I think it was last week I made it, where there are a bunch of rumors trying to going around. There are a bunch of rumors going around that PlayStation and Sony are preparing to buy Remedy, right? And I thought, you know, the main premise of that video, again, go check it out. But the main premise of that video, I felt, was that, like, okay, there's a lot of evidence to support that Sony and PlayStation are and perhaps will be buying Remedy, right? But overall, I felt that Remedy just made third-person action games, right? And I felt that Sony already has enough of studios that do that, you know what I'm saying? So I felt that... It would have been a bit redundant and a bit kind of like what's the point low-key to buy Remedy if they are not offering something truly unique in terms of like a genre just because we have so many 
third-person action games in the warehouse of PlayStation. Not saying that Remedy's not talented, not saying that they're bad developers. I'm just saying that the games that they make, we already have plenty of devs that make that type of game, generally speaking. You know what I'm saying? But then I got my hands on control, right? Less, boys, ladies and gentlemen, gather around. Let's talk about control here, right? It's fun. It's very, very fun. I am I am having those grips with the game. Like the game has its grips in me in a way that is like I am yearning to play it whenever I'm not playing it. I'm getting up a little bit earlier before work. I did this weekend to play it. I was playing it before I even started this podcast. I'm already, you know, getting invested in the upgrade tree and getting certain things. And okay, cool. If I go in this specific area and get these materials, I can make upgrades to my gun. It's cool. It's a very, very cool game, and I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm definitely enjoying it a lot, and I'm uh, getting a little bit more excited at the notion that perhaps Sony could be buying Remedy. You know, what I'm saying like I haven't, I haven't beat the game yet, and I do have gripes with the game that we will get to. I have gripes with this game. Right, boys? I do have gripes. But overall, this is probably my second favorite. Okay, hold on. Let me. This is one of my favorite games I've played this year. I'm not putting a number on it. I'm not saying what's, you know. But Control is definitely one of my favorite games I've played this year so far. Right? I'm having a lot of fun with this game. It is very, very fun. It feels smooth. It feels nice. The combat is probably the best part of this game. The story is indeed weird. The story is weird. It plays it kind of quick and loose with the explanations of what's going on with the game. But um, I feel like things are being put... Like I feel like we got... I've, uh, imagine a plate of food, right? Actually, no. Not that. Imagine Legos, right? I feel like the game in the beginning kind of just takes the box of Legos and kind of just smash it on the ground and it's spread out. You don't understand what's going on. But over time, the Lego pieces are coming together and they're forming something that I think is going to make sense in the end, right? That's how that's how they are kind of introducing the story and there's elements of other characters that I won't bring up here um, that involve a more, famili- of a more familial aspect. Yes, I said familial, like family, right? Um, that, are, that are in there as well. And it's just fun. And I think the biggest takeaway here, and probably the highest praise I can give it, is that, excuse me, the gameplay with the gun and how you can upgrade it and how different forms of that gun is so cool. Phone, phone, what are you doing? I'm talking. I'm talking, phone. Thank you. Anyway, um, the game is really fun. The game feels great. And it is reminding me of Infamous. And I know that is a very that's the thing i just said is a thing i just said control reminds me a lot of infamous and how that plays and it feels that silky smooth it feels really good to me in my opinion and um i am liking it so far the game is beautiful the game has some of the most unique and really cool environments that you go into and there's also some really neat puzzles that aren't hard but they're really cool puzzles so like there was there's one that I have been to twice already, and I think I'll go to – no, I've been to it three times. And I think I'll go to it another time, I feel like. It'll repeat itself. But there's this, like, puzzle that you go into. You go into a motel, and you have to do – and you have to 
interact with the world and find patterns to be able to crack the code. And it's super unique. It's super cool. It's just like really, really neat stuff that I haven't seen in gaming. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of originality in this game that definitely deserves all the praise it's been getting. Now, I think it got, what, like an 86 on Metacritic or 87, something like that. Um, we can talk a little bit about Project Resistance in a little bit. I'm not the biggest Resident Evil fan. Never played Resident Evil. Um, but I know a lot of people are happy about that. But Control is a very good game. It's a very good game so far. I'm about five to six hours in, I think. Um, and I'm definitely trying to beat it before Borderlands 3 because you already know. We're going to talk about some Borderlands 3 Metacritic next year, boys. But uh, Control is very good. I'm liking it a lot. I know I said that a thousand times, but I'm trying to think of something else because there's something else. Oh, let's discuss this. You have heard a lot, if you guys have been uh, have, have been seeing about Control, the map situation, right? This is the main thing I wanted to see for myself, okay? Because you you could tell me, hey, you know, games game looks good, cool. The game looks good. The game plays good, cool. I can see that by myself, all good, right? But... I needed to see the map. I want to see how I, like, is it really that bad? Ladies and gentlemen, the map is indeed that bad. The map is horrible, right? Um, and, and, and it's that, like, it's not explained that the square map that you're looking at is one of many different parts of the map, right? And it's many different floors of the map, right? But the problem is that the map is always presented to you in a 2D space, right? That you never fully understand that, oh, like, this is this floor's map. And that's that floor's map. And what makes it even more confusing is that, with that being said, the map that you're looking at currently on the current floor that you're on has stairs and different levels in itself. So the stairs are showing, but it's... It, it, it's just very confusing, boys. It, it is a map that is not good. I don't like the map. And honestly, I have been finding a lot more success in just kind of following the signs that they have. Because they have like, you know, it's kind of like if you're at a hospital, right? Where uh, it will say, hey, exit and then have an arrow, right? And there's multiples of those until you get to the exit, right? So I've been finding a lot of success with that. Um, and trying to kind of find my way around the map using that standpoint. But... Overall, just not been the not been the most smooth experiences, but I'm loving the upgrade systems. I'm loving the way I can change my weapon because if you guys don't know, uh, you start out with a pistol, which is a very very strong pistol, but you can upgrade it so that the pistol transforms in your hand. To I have like a sniper form where it kind of acts like a sniper and like a charge shot. Um, uh, there's that. I just unlocked a shotgun form where it acts like a shotgun, like a semi-automatic shotgun that's really fun to use as well as well as i have an automatic attachment as well um that that acts like an automatic smg type weapon so those have been really cool and the powers oh my god boys the powers that you unlock in this game are so cool bro and the powers really are mainly what makes me feel like this game has like remnants of like a dna of infamous obviously circuit punches didn't make this game but it feels like it has some infamous dna in it in terms of uh in terms of abilities because you get the launch mechanic super quickly so launch essentially is where you can look at a object use telekinesis or whatever to to be able to um to uh launch different objects at your enemies and that and it does a ton of damage it's very useful 
honestly, for a lot of uh, different encounters, it's very critical that you use launch. It's very, very good, very powerful move, and you can only make it stronger through through a through a through different mods that you find in the world. Now, Kevin Mac brings up flying it. Yes, I am flying. I just unlocked it today. Uh, that feels really good. It doesn't feel as smooth as I want to. Like definitely, there are better terms of like uh, gliding and different flying mechanics in past infamous games that are better than this game, but it's still so fun to be able to fly and you can and you can combine all these different moves so like i remember one time where i started to levitate and do a flying move as well as do a launch mechanic where i picked up a piece of the wall next to me and chucked it at a homie and then while his shield was down because i launched something at him i finished off with, with my pistol like this is just super cool and fluid moves you can do combat feels 10 out of 10 amazing um, so overall, I mean, Control does have issues in terms of, like, how it delivers the story. I feel is kind of, uh, but I feel like that's more of, like, a choice that they made themselves, like, they want to be, I think, a little bit more mystique and a little bit more, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors and stuff like that. The map is horrible, god-awful, right? So that's a big negative in terms of, like, interfacing with the game, you know what I'm saying? But overall, I think the story that they are delivering so far is pretty unique, is pretty interesting, and... It definitely has like some like super X Files type of vibes to it, where like it's definitely like you know a, a branch of the U.S. government that handles things that they cannot explain, and they're you know it's the Bureau of Control and stuff like that. So overall, it's a very very cool unique story, and the gameplay is top notch. The combat is top notch. Um, I love it, and I cannot wait to play more. So I will. I and I, I will. We'll probably talk about Control again at a later episode when I beat the game and I can get my full opinion on it, definitely. But overall, Control gives my two thumbs up, right? I want to move into a little, into, a, into another part of this episode, if I may, right? Christian wanted me to highlight some of the Borderlands 3 Metacritic. As you know, Borderlands 3 coming out, I'm very much, ooh, let me switch scenes. I'm very much looking forward to to Borderlands 3. It comes out Friday. Cannot fucking wait. Am trying to be controlled before Borderlands 3 comes out because I will not be distracted by um control. Like I will not be taken away from Borderlands 3. That's not happening, right? So look here. So right now Borderlands 3 is sitting at an 85 on Metacritic, right? And I'm gonna look real quick and see which review that you are loud. You are loud. What's making noise? Oh, it's down here. Damn, that was loud. Sorry, guys. My bad. God, that was so loud. Anyway, Christian wanted me to read a specific review from Boiling Street. The one from PC Gamer. Okay, cool. So from PC Gamer, we're going to look that up. My bad. Sorry. Sorry, sorry about the noise, y'all. My bad. My apologies. But let me see if PC Gamer is on here. So, ooh, PC. Ooh, give it a 63. Yikes! We'll read some of their, some of their review here. How long? How long is this? Um, I want to kind of read like, is there like an ending synopsis of this? Let's see. Uh, okay, how about this? How about this? PC Gamer says, "Be between the bugs, the extended non-jokes, the self act, the self 
aggrandizing jabs at game design trends and a few cameos I won't spoil but that make me audibly groan. Borderlands 3 has a lot in common with Gearbox fans with Gearbox fan events as of late. There's a lot of loud, extended posturing while holding what everyone really came for hostage. It's a shame because Tales from the Borderlands found a delicate balance of absurdity, self-awareness, and genuine heart. A better Borderlands is possible. It's just not Borderlands 3. Damn. 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 Borderlands 3 getting slapped by PC Gamer. It says, uh, an endless font of bad jokes and cool guns in the series most vapid story yet Borderlands 3 skates on watching numbers fly and goons explode so it looks like pc gamer definitely was not a fan of borderlands 3 um i want to see what else we got here so uh let's see let me read ign's review actually no game informer says borderlands 3 is a love letter to its fans and a celebration of the style of play it first popularized filled with characters from previous installments and an unapologetic and unapologetic, excuse me, in its silly humor and bombastic actions, it's an amusing ride that seems hesitant to innovate. If more of what you loved before is your chief desire, Gearbox has granted that wish through a game of impressive scope that charts some of that that charts some very safe territory. And so, I mean, that's what I'm looking for, honestly. Like, I'm looking for a modern day Borderlands three. I mean, a modern day Borderlands. What, Kevin? What am I saying? But overall, like, that's what I'm personally looking for, right? So as long as Borderlands 3 is just more Borderlands for me, you know, it's going to be hard to for me to call it bad. And I know, I know y'all be saying in the comments and in the chat that, oh, I'm I'm biased because I love Borderlands. And, you know, you, you, I, honestly, you're not wrong. I know I'm biased. I know I'm biased, right? But I do, uh, uh, I will definitely try to go into it with an ob objective mindset and I will be going into it, you know, in terms of like, all right, this is 2019, right? Like, we have gotten other games of this ilk um, that may perhaps be better than Borderlands. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe the once OGs may not be making the best lure shooter out on the market. So, 85, I want to see some people else's takes I have. So, it looks like there's been just over 20 critics that have reviewed Borderlands 3. IGN Prime says, Borderlands 3 sticks to its guns. And outdoes itself with an amazing arsenal of weapons, humor, and missions. So that uh, they gave it a 90. Uh, yeah, definitely Kevin Mack in the chat. You know, Randy Pickford, uh, you know, he's uh, he's an interesting character. <laughs> Someone that I definitely cannot go behind in terms of, like, personal choices, you know. But uh, we just talking about Borderlands 3. We're not talking about Randy Pitchford here on the podcast. But... Uh, did I read Game Informer? Yeah, I did Game Informer. I want to read... U.S. Gamer is pretty critical historically, so let's read what they have to say. U.S. Gamer says, Borderlands 3 is more Borderlands and all the loot that entails. This proper sequel improves upon the formula with more guns, but more but more importantly, a stretch of unique plans to kill enemies on. The... the mm. The new plants offer more visual variety and a great evolution of enemy encounters. The tuning is clearly meant for more than one player, making a punitive experience at times for the solo Vault Hunter. Despite the formula growing a, going a bit stale, Gearbox has expanded upon it in, a, in the right way, resulting in a great Borderlands experience. So that was Game Informer. 
GameSpot, why not read them? Borderlands 3 has a few stumbling blocks when it comes to the bosses, but these fights are overshadowed by the game's rewarding gunplay and over-the-top humor. The gun, the game's character's driven, the game's character-driven, god, the game's character-driven narrative acts as a satisfying finale for the loot shooter franchise and the new mechanisms and, fe and features, especially the reworked skill trees and weapon manufacturer effects gives you plenty of agency in how you want to play through it. If you've never been a fan, fan of the franchise, it's unlikely Borderlands 3 does anything, does enough things different to change your mind, as the game best excels at continuing what the series has always done, deliver a humorous tale, tale a humorous tall tale, what the f a humorous tall tale of misfits looting and shooting their way to do heroism. So that was that. So overall, it looks like people are on the uppy up of Borderlands 3, you know, and obviously I didn't think that this game would get like a perfect score or some crazy like that. Is this trailer going to play again? Don't play, Ad. Don't play. Be quiet. Thank you. It's quiet. All right. So yeah, I mean, I didn't expect Borderlands to get like some crazy score, you know what I'm saying? But I'm definitely interested in knowing how I feel about it. And I will be doing a lot of streaming this weekend with Borderlands 3, 100%. I'm going to be dedicating a lot of my gaming time to Borderlands 3. Um, and I personally cannot wait. Speaking of Borderlands, they just released a launch. They did release a launch trailer. I won't be watching it here on the podcast because just in case, you know, 2K uh, definitely might not be happy about that. So I won't be playing it. But we see some gameplay here. And we'll, we can probably pull some gameplay. Why not? Just watch a little bit. But yeah, I am so excited for Borderlands. And if you want to get a chance and play with me, Join the Discord. Join the PlayStation Sports Discord. If you are if you are on PS4 and you're picking up Borderlands 3 Day One, let me know. I would love to play with some of the fans, and I will most definitely, uh, you know, jump in with you guys and run a couple of these. And it'll be a lot easier because they have the looting system that you can trigger, the new and improved one, not, and you can choose between any of these two different types of looting mechanics. But uh, the new one is that whether you know I can be level 25 and I will only see 25 level loot. You can be level five and see and see level five loot out of your chest, and we can all play together. And we don't have to worry about weapon, about uh, like level scaling. And I think for enemies, I think they level in terms of uh, both the characters and like a median type of deal. So like you know, it's the enemies won't be as powerful, um, you know, as as the highest level player in the lobby. Or it won't be as little as the lowest player in the lobby and make it super easy for everyone that's super high level. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's a lot of – oh, yes. And, of course, join the PSN community. We did make a PlayStation Network community on there. Check it out. PlayStation Source. Search for it. All that good stuff. And so if you definitely want to play Borderlands with, with me, most definitely let me know. And, of course, Christian definitely wants to play Borderlands 3. This is his definite game of the year. You know what I'm saying? Christian, I speak for him. It's all good. It's okay. I know. Christian was going to say eventually, but, you know, I'm sure uh, – he will definitely come around, uh, you know, to the old Borderlands 3. So, ladies and gentlemen, I believe right there we will call it a show. Make sure to tune in to Road to Part 2 this week. We talk about the uh, the possibility of Last of Us Part 2 having open world parts of the game. Or do we want to keep it just linear? Let me know uh, if you're going to check out that and check it out. Check out Road to Part 2 on Wednesday. Definitely hype. For that to go up as well as keep it locked on the channel for anything and all things PlayStation. And next week, we should have Christian back unless 
his sickness persists, which I will do another solo cross circle. And uh, I can't replace Anthem. <laughs> yeah, Anthem is Godi. Anthem is Godi. But thank you all for rocking me in the uh, in the chat. We have, of course, Christian. We have Kevin Mack. Uh, you know, we got Owen here. We got, of course, Kevin Mack. Already said that. We have Omar. Shout out to you, bro. We have Psycho Moo. Wait. Yeah, Psychic Moo. Shout out to him. Shout out to all you all. And uh, I will catch you guys on future PlayStation Source content. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. But uh, thank you for watching. And as always, greatness awaits.